Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The Law of Action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you here. Living the Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts taking inspired action every single day. Now, if this is your first time joining us or you've been with us for a while, I want to personally thank you for listening and being here. Please rate and review Living the Law of Action show on your favorite podcast platform. I so, so appreciate it. On this show, my guests, well, they are incredible. People who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of inspired action. My guest today does just that. In this episode, Christine Lucan and I discuss how to break the money shame cycle. If you want to understand money is just emotional, not logical, you want to learn how to use it to your advantage and make smarter decisions with your money, well, this is the show for you. Are you ready to master your money and become a financial success? Then you need Christine, the financial lifeguard in your corner. She's the founder of Financial Dignity Movement. She has coached hundreds of high-earning professionals to pay off staggering amounts of debt and massively increase their net worth. And that's a good thing. Christine's book, Money is Emotional, Prevent Your Heart from Hijacking Your Wallet, has landed her almost 100 podcasts and TV interviews. Well, it's now 100 officially right now, establishing her as the authority on money, mindset, and emotions. But she's not coaching clients from home in Cincinnati. You can find this certified divorce specialist and member of the Financial Therapy Association curled up with a good book, a fluffy cat, and a strong cup of coffee. Christine, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Okay, so talking about money is always uncomfortable for a lot of people. Why is that? There's so much. I'll talk about money. money. Let's talk about money, baby. <laughs> That's <not good. laughs> I know. Well, I jokingly say that um, we're not talking about either money or sex growing up, but we're expected to be great at both of them. And there's wow. so much shame around not being good at money. And yet most of us have never been formally taught how money works. We're just supposed to figure it out. I love it. it. I must be like, have done a lot of uh, personal development work and the work because I don't have a problem talking about sex and I don't got a problem talking about money. And of course, I don't have a problem <laughs> You are with in the minority. Money, so that's it. <laughs> I know. That's good. Well, you know, it's really important because, I mean, just, it's so funny. If you're going to be good at something, you better be able to talk about it and learn about it. And money and yes. sex are probably two good things to learn about. So, matter of fact, yes. let's go to the divorce thing. You're talking about divorce. So, probably people that are divorced, they probably didn't have good conversations about sex. And they probably didn't have good conversations about money. Yeah, those are probably the top two reasons why people split up, right? So, but we should be talking actually about So, uh, absolutely. 
I'll talk about either, whatever you want. This is your 100th episode. So we'll talk about sex. We'll talk about money. I'm okay either way. It's all about taking action. So, you know. Well, let's, let's talk you, about money. How about that? All right. Today, we'll talk about money. I'm fine with that. Today, we'll talk about money. All right. So the book is called Money is Emotional. Prevent Your Heart from Hijacking Your Wallet. Um, what exactly does that mean? Well, I actually experienced myself. And it's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. And it's really the reason why I got into doing this kind of work. I got my accounting degree in college. And yet I found myself at age 26 hitting financial rock bottom. My life was a disaster. I was dating a guy who had terrible money habits. He was in and out of jobs and even in and out of jail. I thought if I oh. loved him enough, that he would change, and he did. He got worse. So I, I how's that working out for you? It's <laughs> just like not very good. <laughs> no, no, and you know there were more obviously more problems than than just the finances, um, but a lot of our problems showed up in the money, and. I got myself to a point of wanting to leave the relationship. I had a wedding dress in the closet. We had a deposit down on the hall. And I wanted to leave the relationship. And yet I literally had no money to leave. I had no money to get my own place. I owed three different payday lenders. I was literally hiding my Ooh. vehicle from the bank so they would okay, not payday repossess lenders, it. That's really scary. Like. It's is Very it like two hundred percent? Like, doesn't it turn out it's to be insane. like two hundred percent? It should be. Yeah, I saw a commercial the other day, and they said, "Hey, we're payday lenders, so you, if you borrow two thousand dollars from the competitor, at the end of twelve months, you'll only owe two. What I think it was like three thousand dollars more, or three. It was just crazy the amount of money. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like. You know, you you borrow, you write them a check for like twenty two hundred, and they give right. you two thousand. And at the end of the two weeks, they cash your check. And if you look at what that looks like over the course of a year, it's insane. It's insane. You and you can see how people, yeah, yeah, you can see how people get stuck in that trap because you know after they cash your checks in two weeks, well, now you need. You don't just need $2,000, you need $2,200. And so oh, I, I got myself in this cycle. And this was back in the day when they, they couldn't just check your bank instantaneously the way they can do now. So I literally had three of them going at one time. And that uh, house of cards collapsed. And I basically had to close my account, let all the checks bounce. I had wow. to make arrangements with all of them to get things paid off. And I mean, I jokingly say that if it's possible to have a negative credit score, I probably did. <laughs> it was that bad. Wow. And the so shame you recovered was, from that though, but she recovered Yeah, but that. yes, I did. And well, I think the shame was even more for me because I was someone who should have known better. I was working as an accountant. I, I mean, I graduated with pretty much straight A's right? all through school. And I had this accounting degree and I was working actually in the family business, which was a multi-million dollar company balancing their books. And yet I was bouncing my own checks at home. So I had to come to this place where I had to reach out for help because I could not 
I couldn't rectify this mess on my own. Right, right. And uh, that was hard. And I probably put it off a lot longer than I should have because of the shame and embarrassment. And I think that's very common for people who fall into financial struggle. They struggle for much longer than they need to because they're afraid of being judged. And unfortunately, there are some financial professionals and some, you know, financial gurus out there who like to shame people and they like to slam people for their mistakes. And that's so counterproductive. That really, that hurts me deep down inside when I see that happening. Oh, me too. I think they call it predatory lending. Predatory yes. lending. It's just, it's just very sad because they're already in a bad situation and then they get into even worse situation and these people don't even care. And yeah. it breaks my heart as well. Yeah. And I've also seen people reach out to help, you know, for like a financial planner or a banker or somebody like that. And rather than coming at them with understanding and coming alongside them to help them, they're like, how could you have possibly done this? This is so stupid. Why would you do this? And that person immediately shuts down and and pulls back. And then they go back into their shell and they never get the help that they need. Right. So how did you get out of this mess? So I, I reached out for help. I reached out to my family. Um, I basically reached out to my dad and I said, look, I, I want to leave this guy and I, I can't do it on my own. And, um, I think he was just so happy that (laughs) I was leaving this guy because I know that, uh, he did not approve. Um, but you know what he said to me? He said, you know, Christine, I'm, I'm not going to pay your bill. I'm not going to lend you money, but I will give you a safe place to stay and to regroup and I will help you make a plan to recognition. And that was exactly what I need because I did need to face of what I had done financially and I needed to work. Um, But he did give me that safe place that I needed to regroup. And he also didn't come at me with judgment. He, you know, he could have said, I told you so, you know, that guy was a jerk. You should have left him a long time ago, but he didn't do any of that. He just said, okay, let's, let's see what we're dealing with and let's, let's make a plan. So when, when I first looked at my finances together with him, it was very because everything was a mess. It was like the equivalent of walking into your house after a tornado has struck. Like you open up the front door and it's just like everything is a disaster and you just want to cry and walk away. (laughs) You're like, I don't know if I can even fix this. But my dad just said, hey, look, I just want you to do these two things over the next and we'll meet again. Like, don't worry about everything else. Just do these two things. And I could handle that. So it was almost like the equivalent of like pointing someone towards and saying, just right. organize this closet. Like, I know your entire house is a disaster, but Unless let's just focus on this. Yes. And what I needed because I was so emotionally attached to my financial mess. You know, when I looked at Miller Bill from a department store, that when I looked at 
it made me so emotional because I was an authorized user on that account. And I right. saw charged my Valentine's Day present. And now I for it. Because wow. all of the debt in the relationship was name because he had no credit. But to my dad, there was no emotional attachment. Right. He was just like, right. hey, list of bills. Here's how much each one is. Here's how much each payment is. Here's the one I want you to focus on. And it was just really helpful for me to have someone who wasn't emotionally attached. Right. Be able to see clearly the next step forward. And I find that that's, that's a very common thing for people. And, you know, I really didn't intend to make you know, financial coaching, a career move. You know, I had a great job with the family business, you know, eventually making six figures, but I could see that there were so many people around me who were struggling with this financial uh, stuff. Yeah, and I saw that there was a big gap out there in the financial advice world where people weren't addressing the emotional side of money. They were just giving people this task list of things to do, and they weren't helping people to understand what was going on under the surface and how emotions drive your financial behavior, and more importantly, what you can do about it, right. especially right. when it comes to breaking that money shame cycle. So how does someone who's in that position... What are things they can do? One, if they're in that position, I mean, they can they can hire you, but also what are some steps that they can do just to get in that mental mental state to go after and get this taken care of? Yeah, well, you know, there's, there's sort of like two paths that we can diverge when we've made a financial mistake. And I always like to explain that there's a difference between guilt and shame. So when we make a mistake and we do something wrong, guilt is that feeling that tells us we've done something wrong. But when it turns into right. shame, shame says, not that I've done something wrong, but I am a bad person because I've done something wrong. So now it's like the mistake becomes part of us instead of just something that we've done. So and that's we not can true. To, you're, you're not a bad person. Right. You're not a bad person. You just have, you just don't know what you don't know. Right. You made a bad choice. I mean, we have right. all made bad financial choices. It's very rare that you find someone that has not made a bad financial choice. So you can either say, all right, I'm a bad person and now I'm not going to talk about this. And then you withdraw into yourself and you don't get the help that you need. And then you continue right. the circle. Right. You know, because if you don't get the help that you need, then you're probably going to make another financial mistake. Correct. And so you come to this crossroads where you have to say, okay, I have done something wrong. And now it's up to me to choose to get some help. Now, that help could be in the form of a person, whether it's, you know, a coach, whether it's a financial advisor, whether it's just a friend or a family member who you know is, is smart with money. Or it could right. be just going and getting the knowledge because as we talked about in the beginning, 
we're not formally taught about personal finances, most of us. Uh, right. But we're just expected. Yeah, a lot of people don't good. even know how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, a lot of people don't even yeah. know how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, some people are like, "What, what do you mean I'm checkbook? overdrawn? I still have checks." <laughs> I found that a lot of people don't even use checks anymore, Rob. I think we're old. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, so speaking um, of finance, I just learned this, and and uh, I've been good about this. Is but I heard that you really never ever want to use a debit card for anything. You want to get a credit card. Because one, you have no protections, and two, um, well, two you have no protections, and number three, you have no protections. And if something happens to your account and you want to do a chargeback, it doesn't matter. You already paid, and it doesn't yeah. build up any credit. It doesn't do anything, and it can hurt you because you're you're walking around whatever you have in your bank account available to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I tell people. I, I'm not the kind of financial guru that's going to make you cut up your credit cards. Yeah, I completely disagree with, uh, yeah. with that methodology that's floating around out there. You know, partially because of what you've said. You know, with a debit card, you're exposing your account. And yes, it, yeah. And you know, if you have a fraudulent charge, yes, you can dispute it. But the bank is much less motivated to get your money back versus their money back if it's a credit right. card and you're 100 they're not motivated correct. they're not motivated at all they're not motivated <laughs> no. at all so right well and you're right it does not affect your credit positively at all it's not taken into account at all now a debit card won't won't get you into debt so it really is a personal decision of can i handle a credit card responsibly or not right Right. You know, because it can be a payment method or it can be a right. debt machine. And so, Correct. you know, there are some ways to impose some discipline on yourself, like having a low limit credit card where you, you know, kind of limit the damage that you can do in any one month. Um, I do have clients who decide to, you know, kind of stop charging for a short period of time until they get an emotional handle on things. But, um, you know, it, it really is focused on, you know, your relationship with money. And, right. you know, we need to be, we need to start paying attention to what we're thinking, what we're saying, and how we're feeling when we're interacting with our money. Because that's really what is driving our actions. You know, this is all about action, right? And unfortunately... Absolutely a lot of our financial actions are habits that have been in place for a very long time that never question. You know, and even though we're not, many of us are not formally taught how to, you know, have a good relationship with money and, you know, how to operate our personal finances, we are still learning about money from right. our parents and from, you know, important people in our lives, you know, from a very young age. And so one of- So just dive my, in real quick. So what's a what's, yeah. what's a relationship with money? Just what do you mean by that? When you say relationship with money, are you talking about uh, someone who, no matter how much money they make, they spend it all? Or are you talking someone who, no matter how much money they make, they save it all? Or someone who, you know, just charges and charges and charges on every credit card they have? 
or people that are in the unworthy of they're like, I'm just not worthy to have money or what do you mean by relationship with money? Well, Rob, every single person on this planet has a relationship with money. So I, I tell my clients, I want you to think about money like a person. You're interacting with money almost every single day of your life, right? You're earning right, money, right. you're spending yep. money, you're managing your money. And yet we don't really think about how we are interacting with our money. Now, if you want to have a good relationship with someone, you know, you need a couple things. You need respect, you need honesty, and you need positive attention. So if you and I want to have good relationships with our spouses, you respect them. Otherwise, they're not going to want to be with us, right? Absolutely, we know 100%. Yeah, we know that it's very important to be honest with your partner, you know, and when I talk about honesty with money, are you being honest with yourself about the state of your finances and how how well you're actually doing? And then the other part of that is positive attention, and that means are you spending regular quality time managing money? Now, you don't have to spend 3 hours a week, you know, with spreadsheets, but you do need to be spending regular time managing your money because otherwise, as your income grows, those are basically, you know, if you spend everything that you make right now and you make 10 right. times the income, you're just going to spend everything that you make exactly. and you're making 10 times the income. So exactly. it really is important to, to start paying you know, what you think about money, what you say about money and starting to, to rectify that relationship. And the very first is to start writing down the things that they think and say about money will give them clues as to the state of their relationship. An example of that would be what? Well, if you say things like you have to work really hard money doesn't grow on trees. You can't make money as an right? Yeah, if those start, are not all good things. Those are not good things. I don't like that. No. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of people walking around saying things like that to themselves, which then become self-fulfilling. Yeah, I believe, you know, in the law of abundance and I, I, I don't really dwell much on scarcity and Money is flow and mm -hmm. it, it comes and it goes. And if you hoard money, it will stop. You have to let yes. it come in and out and breathe. It's like breathing. It's so important. It's so important. Yes. I mean, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur. So when I'm making decisions of what I want to buy, or if I'm buying a piece of, of equipment or something, I look at it as like, wow, this, like I'm looking at this microphone that I have. And I'm like, okay, that was $400. Has it had a return on investment? Absolutely. I'm really good on this. I'm looking at this cable. Why did I buy it? And so, and I know that there's an ebb and a flow, you know, investing into going to a mastermind event or divesting in, in whatever training that I'm doing. You have to do that. You have to, you have, there's a way to make it so it's fun to spend money. And I find it interesting. Yes. So, I, I can spend money through my company without a problem. 
But it's interesting when I have to buy something for me, like a dishwasher, a washing machine, or God knows what I have to buy. It's just like, uh, it's just so funny. I can spend $4,000 on a laptop, but God help me if I got to spend $600 on a dishwasher. It's just, I just find that interesting how, how that works. Uh, eventually I do end up getting the dishwasher because I know it's important and I don't want to do the dishes by hand, but I'm just saying, right. I find it really fascinating how um, it's different. And it's almost like it's not your money because it is your money, but it's, it's all relate re relationship to it. And, you know, I totally agree that you have to have a good relationship with money and really know that, you know, there's a book that I, I narrated. It's called Magic Money, Holly Alexander. And it talks yep. about um, how money can just flow to you. And when you get this book, so if you want to read it, read it. If you want to listen to me, read it to you. It's on Audible. It's called Magic Money by Holly Alexander. But I will tell you, you. when you get in this mode, people are going, yeah, it's not true. I'm telling you, you got nothing to lose. There's a way to create with the universe how money just appears. And yep. it's just amazing when you start doing these processes, how all of a sudden someone who owes you money, they send you something or you get a client out of nowhere with no effort. You know, mindset and relation. So there's the relationship with money, but the mindset behind money oh, absolutely. is so, yes. so important. Yes. Yeah, they're equally important. And, you know, that was that was the reason why I wrote money is emotional, prevent your heart from hijacking your wallet, because I jokingly say it's like, it's it's half tabloid of my life as I crashed and burned financially. So you can wow. like find out all the juicy stories of, of all the mistakes that I made as I crashed and burned financially and the lessons that you can learn from that. But it also is financial how-to from the perspective of how do we harness the power of our emotions, of our positive emotions, so that we can actually achieve the financial goals that we want to. And different tricks for short-circuiting some of those negative things, you know, to kind of trick yourself into behaving with money um, and, and making it easier, right? I feel like sometimes certain financial gurus, like they want to make it hard and they want to make it grueling. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, it's very similar to healthy eating. You know, the the program that I teach people, I, you know, I call it the financial dignity methodology. And it's really more like a healthy eating plan than a crash diet. And the right. problem is with extreme approaches, whether it is financial or eating, what happens is, if you, if you come from this place of being out of control and overspending and not tracking anything and not having a plan, and you go to the other extreme of being very controlled and very regimented, at some point, you're going to rebel and you're going to abandon that plan. And you right. haven't learned what it means to be healthy right? And, you know, you talked about enjoying spending and that's part of the equation too. You know, it's like, yes, we should be saving and investing for the future and, and managing right. our debt in a responsible way, but we should also 
be joyfully spending the money that we have to spend. Absolutely. And I, I've got Absolutely. clients on both ends of the spectrum, you know, ones who are out of control with the spending and then other people who have a lot of fear um, or, you know, they're, they're tightly clinging to it and they don't want to spend any money and neither of those things are healthy. So I love that analogy about breathing because air is all around us. It's there whenever we need it. We just have to breathe it in, but it's not healthy to try and hold it in. Right. No, (laughs) you know, we have to breathe it out so we can get a fresh breath in. Um, And it is very similar with, your personal finances. There is that that ebb and flow. And really, you know, once you improve your relationship with money and you learn how it works, both the mindset piece and the practical piece, then it can be a place where you're relaxed deep down inside. You know, most people, when you say like, hey, how do you feel about money? All of a sudden they like tense up. They get really tense, right? Right. and it's rare that, you know, if you say like, hey, how's it going with your money? And you're like, great. Like, yeah. it's, it's a, it supports my happiness. It doesn't stress me out. That's Absolutely. the ultimate goal. So how does someone harness their power of money? Well, there are a couple different ways to do that. Um, you know, one of, one of the big things that I teach people, you know, is that you really want to visualize what for you in very detailed terms. And a lot of people, you know, if you say like, hey, you know, what does financial success look like for you? They'll say like, oh, like a million dollars in the bank. Well, really? <laughs> like, is that really what's going to make you happy? Now, like if I said, hey, Rob, like if you woke up tomorrow and you felt awesome about your money, like what does that look like for you? And once people start to elaborate on that. And it's different for each and every individual and couple what that looks like. But getting very clear on what success looks like and find dollar amounts that are needed to achieve that, that need to start creating a plan. You know, most people kind of have this vague idea of what success looks like for them and you'll never hit it. Right, because you can't take action right. on something that's vague and nebulous. You have to decide, and then you got to plan, and then you got to take action. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, um, but having that clear picture, um, you know, and I probably not broadcasting the video, but you can see behind me one of my two vision boards on the video, right. and I am a huge proponent of creating financial vision boards because as humans, very visual and visual stimuli, you know, it, it gets our emotions going. And so if visual representations of the things that are important to us, it makes it much easier in the moment for us to actions and to stick to the plan. So if I know that my next car is going to be an Alfa Romeo Julia red. Nice. Nice. If I know that I receive some unexpected money and I already have 
that anytime I receive any unexpected income, that 60% of it is going to go towards my top financial goal, transferring that money into the account for my new car. Because I have a picture of that car on my phone. I have a picture of it up on my vision board. You know, it's like, I am excited about this car. I don't have to be disciplined because I'm excited. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Is there anything that one can do? Like, are there some action steps of where it's important for them to, to really dive in in regards to their money? Well, I think one of the most important things that people need to do is to track their spending because it is very hard to save money, to invest money, or to get your debt paid down if your spending is out of control. And most people are disconnected from their spending. They don't really know what they're spending. Like you said, they're not really keeping track in a checkbook. Um, You know, they just look at their account, they see there's money in there and they spend it. And technology has made it so much easier. You know, there are a ton of free personal finance apps and low cost uh, personal finance apps that will do the heavy lifting for you. You just need to- Can you share a few of them? I know I know one of them yeah. is Mint. I've referred a few people yes. to Mint. That's free. And uh, that yes. shows you everything that's coming in and coming out. Um, what are some other ones? Yeah, so I'd say my top three are Mint, uh, Personal Capital, and Ask Zeta, A-S-K-Z-E-T-A. Um, that last, right. Yeah, that last one I actually use with all my clients. Um, I do like it because it's, it's designed for couples, although singles oh, nice. can also use it. Um, you know, each person has their login and it actually allows, um, couples who maybe aren't married or don't have their finances fully combined to have hybrid budgets where they have some of their funds combined and some of them as, you know, separate budget categories. Um, because once you start tracking then you can actually start making some conscious decisions, decisions Absolutely. about, Absolutely. you know, and I don't really talk about cutting your spending. I talk about redirection. Like cutting sounds painful, right? Like you got to cut your spending. Right. Absolutely. Well, right. you know, when you know where your spending's going, you can make conscious decisions to redirect spending away from things that aren't as important to you towards the things that are. And. I like that. Taking a moderate approach is better than taking an extreme approach. So there's a lot of times where, like, let's just say you and I were coaching together and we started digging into your spending and you're spending $1,000 a month eating out. And you might think like, oh my God, that's terrible. Like I need to, you know, direct this money somewhere else. And you might say, well, I'm going to cut that down to like $250 a month. I would actually, you not to do that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I would say, hey, Rob, let's let's just try to cut it by a hundred bucks, or maybe two hundred bucks for this first month, and and let's see how we do there. And you may end up beating that goal. You may end up going from a thousand dollars to seven hundred. But if you had set right. that initial goal at two fifty, you would feel defeated. You would feel fo- would be so focused on the fact that you didn't get to two fifty 
that you missed the whole point that you reduced your spending on eating out by 30% in right. the first month, which is a huge right. win. So yeah. it's it's much better to do things slowly and incrementally because when you shut your comfort zone, you're going to pop right back in there real fast. It, it's so much easier to just nudge yourself, be gentle with yourself and and make these small incremental changes because when you look over a period of six months, nine months or a year, you're going to just be blown away by your progress by making these small steps. Absolutely. If you want to be gently uh, enrolled in possibility of your financial success, you can reach Christine at christinelucan.com. And I'm sure her book is available on Amazon as well. And, and we'll have a link in the show notes. And Audible too. There you go on show notes. Yeah. Hey, Christine, thank you so much for being here today and, and just sharing that financial juju that you know so well. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen to the Living the Law of Action show. We so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guests, to touch your heart, move you, inspire you. And remember, take time out to breathe. Don't let fear stop you. Decide, plan, act. Live a life of inspired action. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.